0: Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome to the podcast. Today, I have with me Mr. Michael Yadavish as well as to my left, Mr. Ryan Lau. What's up, guys? Hey, come to join us today for our discussion. Um, I think I've mentioned before, well, Ryan, first of all, is our very first guest, which is very exciting.
1: Somehow um, I became the first guest in my own cars company. My own show. Is that what you're about to say? (laughs) It's our show, Ryan. It's our show. It's it's Chris's show. You can take
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, I've mentioned before on the podcast. Ryan is a longtime friend and film collaborator. We were roommates for three years uh, in college, yeah. and uh, have been doing stuff ever since, um, even outside of college. Yeah, yeah. So since yeah.
1: freshman year, really, throughout throughout the yeah. entire year. So, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> what was it like sleeping?
2: With Chris. <laughs>
1: um, it's actually a great experience. <laughs> well, let's put one of these didn't sleep
0: with me. Oh. That's what they all say. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway. Next topic. Um, I, um, I think our general topic today was about kind of psychologically what being a creative person does to you. Yeah. Um, kind of why I thought of this was I was talking to someone recently about working uh, a full-time job right out of college, right. and I think no one, no one really tells you or can prepare you for how much of a shock that is to your body and your mind where all of a sudden like you have a structured, I mean, not everyone, but you know, in, in a lot of our positions are structured eight hour days, five days a week. And it's like, yeah, you know, that's what you're walking into. Right. But at the same time, it wears weirdly. on I, I mean, you, your, your guys experience might be different from mine, but sometimes it just gets freaking exhausting, especially yeah. in the beginning. It's like, wow, I'm not used to this, you know? And I was like, "Oh yeah, that is that is interesting because you you know everyone talks about burnout, mm-hmm. everyone talks about um, how hard mental it is to to stay creative and and be be on the ball twenty four seven, and you know you have we have high expectations of us a lot you know so.
2: Uh, do you think things would be different if you worked a full time job that wasn't a creative job? I mean, we pretty much would all it be more demanding? we all yeah. work in what we want to be doing. Yeah,
1: we're lucky yeah, lucky yeah. to be doing
2: so. But say we were not. And you had to work
1: a more mundane job yeah. where you weren't <laughs> well, able to yeah. be creative. Like, I've worked other jobs where it's like it's not it's not as creative. It's a little more just monotonous tasks, I suppose. And the time goes long it, it takes a long, long day through the day. Right. Um or even in college working like a desk job, working in our equipment desk and it's just yeah. sort of waiting for things to happen.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's since yeah, uh, to speaking of what you were talking about before about someone not doing what they want to do. I'm yeah. You know, I said this last week about like there's something about a lot of people that you talk to who just like if they're not doing it, they're gonna go insane. So
1: like. what was their phrase? Never work a day in your life.
0: Yeah, it's funny you bring that up. I was yeah. just reading. Oh, 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 that's right. Uh, Mike Rowe did a TED talk. Oh yeah, on how you should not do what you love. <laughs> oh, because you'll because you'll you'll come to hate
1: it. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. But,
0: I thought that was really really funny because yeah. I was like. Oh, I've never thought of it that way before. <laughs> and it's like, you don't think that could happen, but I bet it inevitably happens to some people, you know. Right.
2: Um well, anyway. Oh yeah. Did you have something? Well, I was gonna talk about just working long hours. Yeah. Okay. And and working these full time jobs and, and having to work these creative full time jobs and then going home and then also still being creative. And then also still being creative and then doing our, our own work yeah. and stuff. So yeah. The concept of not you can't take your foot off the pedal. You can't stop or slow down. What do you feel about that
0: philosophy of you cannot slow down or else you'll fall behind? It's very easy to fall into the mindset of, um, you know, especially you see what other people are doing on social media and stuff and and feel like you're not doing enough. You know, even with this, I feel like, you know, it's like, Oh, I built this whole room and we did And Sometimes you still feel like uh, we'll, not will not will it be enough but am i currently doing enough you know i'm juggling so many different things and it's like for me recently it's the old thing of like only compare to yourself don't worry about it what anybody else is doing because you know other people may be doing this great things but they've done a bunch of stuff to get there it's not like you're not doing enough it's that
1: you're just not there yet and it's like you know yeah and i think um the mentality we've always had working together is like you said, we should do it because we want to do it, not because we're making something for an audience or for somebody else. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, it's always nice to have an audience. Mm-hmm. But if I go take a picture and I post it and no one sees it, like, I'm still happy that I did it and I'm happy with the art that I created. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being like, oh, no, like, you know, only 50 people saw it. Like, there was no point. Um, well, that's interesting because yeah. I've been,
2: It's it sounds dumb because the, like, the numbers are, not huge but we have a lot of we have like a lot of views on our on your Star Wars, Wars stuff yeah so recently it's kind of been influencing me the way I think about wanting to make them is like well people are actually kind of watching these right it's, so it's kind like, of almost influencing right. me to like make something for the people that are watching yeah it's them. twofold yeah yeah and I don't know how I feel about that yeah <laughs> yeah because I also don't care right I don't care what you think but like oh but,
1: what if I did yeah yeah <laughs> And I think we need to look at it like it's always going to create more opportunity. So, you know, now that say you have an audience, if we make more things and then a company wants to sponsor us, like it's going to open those doors, I think. But at the same time, it's our work is driven by our, our passion for doing this, creating films, sharing those films. And if people like it, then that's just icing on the cake, I think.
0: For people that uh, don't know, one of Ryan's main clients where he works is, is Nikon. Yes. And you do um, so much for them, but a lot of, yeah. a lot of their social content, mm-hmm. video and photo. Oh, I have so many questions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people just want to know what that's like.
1: So, yeah. So, to like just give a recap yeah, of yeah. what I do. Yeah. Our digital agency, our PR firm, We our client is Nikon. One of our clients is Nikon. So, I... I'm on the team to produce their social media content. Um, And that's not the only thing we do. We also do, we cover like their trade shows and we have done like ad spots before and some campaign stuff. But the main thing is, yeah, social media content. We have a team that runs their Instagram, their Facebook, their YouTube, that run out all the analytics and who's watching what, um, putting paid advertising behind that stuff. So, which is also cool because I get to learn sort of secondhand on like how all that stuff works, how like social media. management works which I had never done um, but my primary thing is creating pretty much anything that's gonna be flashy and that people are gonna watch um, every three months we sit down and we have a creative brainstorm to be like all right what is going to be in the next three months there on their social channels um, so we just had our meeting like a couple of weeks ago about the next three months ahead and we came up with long exposure tutorial we came up with uh, the thing I did yesterday, doing like a ski and snowboarding video, just you to, have to show off. You have to ask Nikon for permission on that. Yeah. So, so what funny. we'll do is we'll come up with like uh, three or four videos per month, and write it in a brief. They we send it to them and then they approve it. You totally like so that's they they don't influence. They don't say like we want this or we want sometimes. That, then... Sometimes they say usually it's product um priorities so it's okay. like all right this new camera came out we need to make a video around this camera but usually we our team knows that already because right. yeah, we we're yeah. working on those campaigns um so yeah it's kind of free reign in terms of what i want to make and then we propose that to the client if the client doesn't like it they'll tell us they'll make a nope. but most of the time they're cool with whatever we want to make what would you say is the average uh, viewership on a lot of the stuff that that goes up it's very hard to say because it changes per platform. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure my science so, so team knows. On Instagram, like I've had a, a one of my photos go up that's was I think ad boosted, and I probably had like three hundred thousand likes or something. So, and then you know the the audience that isn't even interacting with it is greater because there's the people that see it, right? Mm. Um, the videos are a couple yeah. thousand probably. Yeah. It depends. I find it so funny. I think like oh, you know, people probably think this was
0: like a big like crew thing because I looks mean, really, that's good. the idea. In reality, yeah. it's just like three people. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it's actually that, funny of, is, of like younger than them. I, I, yeah. I rarely you know? get negative comments, but one of the funniest ones was on a stop motion animation I did for the Super Bowl like two years ago, um, and it was it was a time when we were doing more fun. Um, personification of the cameras where I literally had the cameras yeah, as players I that stuff. Yeah. so I had I had uh, recorded the lenses the, too right yeah the lenses yeah, yeah. so I like took pictures of them on a green screen I was able to put them on like a virtual field and have them like run around I had like the stats were the stats of the lenses like f 2.8 great for they, portraits. Like they bring up each player and, yeah. they, and what college they came from yeah and yeah it was like
0: that but uh, cuter <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah but one of the comments was like this is the dumbest like piece of advertising I've ever seen like uh, whatever team did this I mean it's no different it's than our like, YouTube Comments. so stupid yeah. i know yeah and i'm like it was just me <laughs> you know was me. i was like Wh- whatever company Chris hired to create this is so like i can't believe this and i'm just sitting there like i tried <laughs> like it's just high. It's, it's just trying just to see. do one thing different right <laughs> like a 20, 23 year old at the time little why you try dude. right <laughs> yeah so, that I mean, doesn't bother me but it's just funny i was like wait yeah. you have you put so much emotional energy to writing this comment about yeah. like just a fun sort of animation welcome to the internet my friend i mean yeah it's yeah. a whole <laughs> separate it's, conversation it hit everything but um at least just to wrap up the it nikon conversation yeah um I think I've always been a more technically inclined person. Like I like knowing how things work and educating people on how things work. Mm -hmm. And I remember in college, I was always, I had the mentality of like, you know, anyone can pick up this trade if they really are passionate about it and they Mm -hmm. want to get into it. It's just, I think you need to learn the technical aspects of like your camera of like, what's shutter speed and aperture and frame rate. And what are all those things that are tools to help you tell your story? Um, and in a way, because of all of the tutorials I'm doing, they're technically inclined. And I sort of like that. I sort of like being able to share that knowledge um, that people usually overlook. You know, usually it's like, oh, I need to know about composition and like models and blah, blah, blah. But there's always that technical component to boost your quality, mm-hmm. especially in today's age of like YouTube and social media. And you want your stuff to look top-notch and there's a way to do that. Um, and so if I can um, sort of share my voice what even though it's not like mine it's nikon's yeah it's still like my content it's like my education through this platform and get paid to do it every day then i've been happy how many hours of sleep do you think you guys usually get i actually tried to get more this week because i just (laughs) because the week before i just didn't sleep at all so i usually shoot for like six and a half to seven
2: because it depends what i'm doing if i'm if I'm going to the gym at 30, 6 o'clock in the morning, then I'm going to bed at 9 o'clock. If I'm yeah. not doing
0: that, than I'm good. going to bed. <laughs> <all 10 o'clock.
1: laughs>
0: that brings me to my next item on the list. Oh, yeah. Which is, what's what's your routine, Mike? <laughs> <Our> routine? <laughs> what's your routine? I'll just ask you like yeah. that. I have a yeah. routine that
2: I had last year for almost an entire year. And then I, had a, I have a routine that I've just started doing now. Right. My routine last year was go to bed at 9, wake up at 5.30, get to the gym, then get back home at seven. I don't have to leave for work until quarter after eight to be there at nine. I get out at five. So yeah, I was, if I'm not working on any pro- side projects. Yeah yeah. Anything, w- yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. When I thought about this whole mental health thing and talking about that, I was like, oh man, you know, one thing I definitely want to fix about my life is like not only mental health, but physical health. Yeah. And it's like trying to make that time in your life is, is so hard and you seem to be able to do it pretty well. Yeah. So how do you think that's been holding up? Is that, you know, does that get harder? than it was or do you kind of slip into that groove do you think
2: well see i and it's not like i had experienced like like exercising and being healthy before i did almost consequently because i was doing a lot of sports i was very active mm-hmm. throughout my entire life yeah playing every sport so i had exercise and physical fitness throughout my whole life but then when it came to a certain age and you know somewhere in college i didn't go to the gym yeah. i maybe worked out from home exercised a little bit here and there but i never actually went to the gym Until last year, where I had motivation because I I self-motivated myself from a Mm movie and then wanted to be in shape for it and all this stuff. So what helped me was having a partner doing it with somebody. Mm -hmm. I did it with my friend CJ and we signed up together and he likes to go in the morning. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do it with you. So let's do it. And we would go at 530 in the morning and we would do this every day, five Mm -hmm. days a week. And then we'd also go on weekends. Um, it was tough, but it wasn't tough because you were doing it with someone. Did. Like that's
1: a great you, idea, man. It, it held you accountable. Yeah, because yeah, I'll get to the gym by myself, oh. and I'm just kind of like I'm lost. I don't know. I've never like had a gym routine. Yeah, but also I've also played sports like in high school and stuff. Right. I was playing soccer, I was running tracks. So that was all structured. It's all structured. Yeah. So it was never easy. And now where it's just kind of like, all right, here's this big open space. Everyone seems to be knowing what they're doing. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna run for like half an hour and. I don't know what else to do. Push-ups? Like, what do right. I do? You know? So what I did for that was uh, I went in just like that, yeah,
2: basically blind. And, and and like, I don't know anything. All right, I fell back on old stru- structured routines that yeah, I, I yeah. knew from high school. But then I would slowly, I found some videos on YouTube. I'd follow some guys, and I would try to watch some videos. Of, and I kind of like would build out a routine for yeah, myself. that's good. I would try it out every week and try something new until I found what worked for me but you have to know that no one is looking at you and no one gives a shit. They're just there. Especially 5.30 in the morning. Especially 5.30 in the morning. There's like basically (laughs) no one there anyway. But even in the evening, in the really busy hours, which is what I'm going at now, is um, there's so many people there and so many guys that are there every single day doing the same stuff. And like, yeah, it can be intimidating, but really at the end of the day, they're there to work, everyone's there to work on themselves and no one cares about each other. Right. right. That's which is just what it is. But that actually became the fun of it too, was trying to figure out yourself and what worked for you and mm. then uh, what worked for your diet and what you were eating because then you all of a sudden you start working out. Even for after the first week, you're starving, you're hungry all right. the
1: time. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> you're just constantly eating. Yeah. Um, and it was fun. It, consistency is the easiest way to keep it going, but it's the hardest thing to do is be consistent with it. Yeah. Um, it is easier when you have a partner. And not even just a partner, just someone you know who goes there at that time that you're going to say hello to. And if you yeah. make it a point to say hello to them every day, then it's like that there, means you're reason. there. Yeah, there's a yeah, right. reason to go. And that became kind of like my reason to go is like, I'm not going to let CJ go there alone. Right. You know, I got to, I got to wake up and be there. He's yeah. going to, he's going to be there
1: and I'm not going to be there. I can't do that. Um, For me, it's like a twofold challenge where it's that it's like yeah. going by myself and I just don't know what to do. And then it's also just like my time. The time aspect is like a huge challenge, especially yeah. for, you know, I don't know
0: how many, I, th- I think it's more statistically on the side of like creative people tend to be, you know, more night owls than anything.
1: Yeah, and for, well, them. for me, it's just like, how do you change that? <laughs> I know. I, I can't, like, so, I'm basically sick in the morning. I would never be able to run or, or, yeah,
2: well, or do anything. Well, yeah. I mean, Two things. One, you don't need two hours in the gym. You only need a half hour. The other thing is it, I think it takes about three weeks. Well, I think I've heard this before. It takes three weeks to create a habit. So if long as you just be consistent for three weeks, right. it'll, it'll then it'll stick. Yeah. It'll
0: hmm. stick. Interesting.
2: But yeah, you just need a half hour. one of the things I've been doing now, which has helped me a lot is that I go in the evenings, What I do, is I pack a bag in the morning. I pack a bag with my clothes and my shoes and water. And I pack a little sack I bring that to work with me and I before I leave work, I change. And I go immediately to the gym. I don't go home. If I go home, food's ready. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, well, I guess I'm not gonna get out of the house. <laughs> all of a sudden it's eight o'clock and like and it's like, all right, now it's like, Oh, I guess I'm not gonna go to the gym today. Yeah. Like, oh, right, we'll go tomorrow. But yeah, if I just go right there from work and don't go home, it just it's helped me be consistent. Right. It's just keeping myself accountable. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, oh, so one thing I wanted to ask you, Mike was um but going back to um, you know, the mental and the physical side, was, how do you think that's affected you mentally? Have you noticed any, anything? I think a few things.
2: It helps, I think it helps you sleep better at night. Uh, uh, I think I, I sleep, bet, yeah. I, when I've i really never had a problem sleeping to begin with, but I feel, I feel way more rested in the morning waking up when I exercise in the evening and then go to bed. If I go in the morning to the gym, the rest of the day feels amazing. It feels like I've mm. done so much. Right. It feels yeah, like the day the day extends, and you feel so energized yeah. throughout the entire day. So working out in the morning was great to get through the day, but I could never last long at night. When it came to the evening, I would just be dead. Yeah, yeah. Which was fine because then I have to wake up early but the morning. But if you want to get stuff done
1: after work, it's really dark. It's impossible. Yeah.
2: yeah. Mentally though, it also helps for me. It helped build a lot of confidence, and in yourself, it made you. Yeah. It made me feel really good after a few after a few weeks of, of doing it, and then actually, because once you start to see just a little bit of result, you feel great. Right. right? And it helps you want to keep going more and more, so it did help mental confidence. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I guess it makes you feel, makes you feel like less, if you're feeling lazy, it makes you feel less lazy, even though if you're still lazy, <laughs> it makes
1: you feel less. <laughs> it's, a, it's just a, a veil. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Sleep is a, is a funny thing, because I, the first year I started working my job, um, you know, you get into your routine of, of waking up and something, but sometimes I would work on stuff that I really wanted to work on. You know, we've all had it. It gets too late and you look at the clock and you like, shit, I'm only getting five, six hours of sleep. And um, I didn't used to drink coffee. So, but I've always, you know, have a coffee in the morning, it'll pep you up. So one morning I got, re- Ryan knows this story. <laughs> oh, know story. I don't know if yeah. I ever told you, but um, I like, I like barely drank coffee. Um, but one morning I was so, so tired from working on something. I got like five, four, five hours of sleep. So I went down to the convenience store and I grabbed one of those um, Starbucks things with like with shot, like the three so shots so. of espresso in it. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I know that's a lot of caffeine. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I'll just drink a little bit. And so I'm sipping a little bit on the way up to the office. And I'm like, damn, this is really good. <laughs> it's like 70 grams of sugar yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I keep drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> So by the time you know it, like 15 minutes went by and I finished the whole thing. And I, <laughs> I was like, well, just because it tasted good. <laughs>
1: you know, it's like I, chocolate I tend basically. to do that with anything that... You, yeah, think, you eat fast.
0: I eat fast yeah, and I drink fast if I really like something. Yeah. So anyway, that, that's kind of always me. And I was like, ah, I probably shouldn't have done that, but I'll, I'll be fine. But then I was editing something and all of a sudden I I kicked into high gear. <laughs> and I, I was listening to Pendulum. I was listening to like, intense drum and bass music. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I can see the future. It's, <laughs> it's like, like
1: a limitless. Yeah. Movie. Like, yeah. This?
0: And I was snapping people. I was like, this is great. I love coffee. Yeah, yeah. And then I experienced like an acid trip. Yeah, no, it was. <laughs> well, so I was texting people, and then all of a sudden, I felt my pupils dilate. You felt that, your pupils dilate? was a dilate. weird feeling, mm. man. And I was like, oh, everything's so bright. I need sunglasses. Yeah. I put on sunglasses. I kept going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's the <that's> solution. <laughs> but um, no, and like, and then I got really, did, so, you know, basically I experienced like caffeine high and that was yeah. like, that was crazy. I like started breathing really heavy and I was like, Oh God, quickly read on the internet, what do I yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, just wait 15 minutes and drink water, drink lots of water. Yeah. So I went out in the hallway basically hyperventilating. <laughs> oh my God. And yeah, be careful with caffeine, everyone. <laughs> oh. Be careful with your caffeine. That's wow. all. That's all. Now I drink in moderation. Don't OD. Like everything. <laughs> I was you, yeah. did that turn you off to coffee? After no, not really. No. Once I, Once I understood that I wasn't going to die... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and that, that happens when you drink too much coffee. No, no. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of coffee every day. Uh, that's fine. I just had this conversation with my dad. My dad drinks a lot of coffee. Yeah, you drink like three cups throughout the day. Really? Uh, the day. I have a half cup a day now, and I, I'm set. Half so cup of a day. Caffeine really affects me for some reason. Well, I do a half cup of coffee and a half cup of... It's like- well, is that a full cup of coffee? If you... If you cup. do a half cup of coffee and then half half the fill rest the rest with cream? milk,
1: 2%? Well, usually, I mean, usually like 60%, 70% of coffee. yeah. And the cool. rest you pour in milk. No, I guess
0: that's a full I cup like then. the taste of coffee. Yeah.
2: Some coffees, like uh, certain cold brews are less, like nitro cold brews, less acidic.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't well, know. I only I uh, try cold coffee. Hot Yo, uh, oh, really? Hot coffee makes me too hot. And I feel like I have to take oh, all my okay. clothes off. I mean, you can still in do In a that? non-sexual way. I mean, <laughs>
2: How do you guys maintain like a mental clarity? Like, what is your healthy balance of like? How do you clear your mind? Like, do some people meditate? Yeah. Like, what do you do to like
1: just to think about nothing?
0: Two words: rocket (laughs) leap.
1: Well, to go back to my note about commuting, because I have an hour to kill on the bus that has become my like sort of Zen time. Yeah. Uh, and I had to find a way to yeah. occupy that time without wanting to like shoot myself. So literally, like a lot of people said, like, try podcasts and stuff. And Yeah, that's, I did that's, that's for what a got me bit. into
0: podcasts.
1: Yeah. Because I ran
0: out of music to listen to on my commute. You yeah. listen to and all I, the music. and I, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the music. All the music. And you wanted those. <laughs> yes. Well, that was back before I even had Spotify. So I was okay.
2: just, you know, you're just, stuff you're on my Your Spotify, Spotify. Discover Weekly. Huh. Yeah. It's empty. <laughs> it's,
0: it's like well, we have nothing. nothing for you. You've now listened to all the music. Congrats. Yeah. Like Congrats catching all also, the Pokemon yeah. and bring, uh, yeah. thing. <laughs> No, but um, um, yeah, I that's what really got me into, yeah. into podcasts. So so you're not a you're not a potty? I mean <laughs> <laughs> Is
1: that what sometimes <laughs> is that what you call it? <laughs> I'm not a potty oh <laughs> uh i'm like a 20 percent potty guy get out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I like it driving now if i'm driving through traffic i've found that it gets me through like that more but on the bus i'm not like concentrating on anything as opposed to driving you have to concentrate more yeah obviously can, it helps um, you zone out yeah exactly so on the bus i can literally zone out i can sleep if i want yeah. but if i don't want to go to sleep i usually listen to just music i listen to like electronic music just to pump it up and sometimes I'm like just jumping around in my chair. I'm like I just yeah. want to stay awake, so I'm gonna pretend I'm gonna rave right now. And I was listening to like EDM. It's, it's you know beats and stuff. It's the, the lyrics don't matter. So essentially, yeah. <laughs> so some people might all, argue, but, but it, it also keeps. But sometimes I've felt I've I've fallen asleep to EDM. Like it could be like really That's loud, like insane, like as if it's like a concert. And I still fall asleep. I still wake up. It's like, pff, do you fall asleep at concerts? No, oh. because I'm moving. <laughs> but on a bus, especially during the winter, <laughs> I'm just pumping away. rides in the like, back at the bar. Nah, <laughs> like, I'm good. I'm good. I think everyone
0: should have that that time where you can turn off. Because I think I would go crazy if you know you can't go, can't go twenty four seven anything. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, some people. I mean, it's interesting uh, to even go back to what you're talking about with Mike Rowe about not doing the thing that you love. Like, I also, I read something similar about like, you have a hobby that doesn't make money, a hobby that makes money, and then your job. Right. But like, making a point to actually keep all those things separate. Like, are we making films as a hobby? but then we also work side projects as hobbies that but are also videos. Like, I do weddings, so, like, yeah. that's a side hobby. But then I also work for an agency, and like, that's the job. And then like, Race and race and and it's I, all they're all the, the same, same. thing. <laughs> so, like, how do I thin, separate it? Yeah. How do I separate it? And like, or what do I do now? Like, my hobby yeah. is what I do. But I'm now one. So yeah. I'm one-dimensional.
0: <laughs>
1: one-dimensional character. <laughs> oh, one-dimensional
0: character. <laughs> Fucking drawing
1: class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like existential crisis. Well, the way the way I looked at it is that. um at work, we ha- like at least I have creative freedom, but it's only to an extent. You have, so to, you have to like yeah. you're limited to brand guidelines, you're limited to like the sure. certain things. But when we do our own thing, it's the it's unlimited. it's unlimited. We can do whatever we want. So I think that's the time. um that's where, it, for me, it doesn't co- conflict because of the extra freedom you have when you're just doing your own thing. For me, it's like for me, it's been more photography than video. And like we went on vacation in October to California, and like I was just so into taking photos, but like it turned out amazing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it just I I was blown away by even what I was able to accomplish, because um, I only been taking photos for like two years. Mm-hmm. That's the thing where I was talking about. what I was reading from was what they would say. Okay,
2: that's that's awesome. Don't. But, but pursue that for money. Right. Because you're gonna hate it. Yeah, you yeah. hating it.
1: And you'll lose all of that love. Yeah. Well I think but, I think it's which is interesting. Okay. Like yeah. anything in the arts is sort of a uh like an exception, you know? Because there's there's always room to be creative and like change it up as opposed to a job okay, yeah, know, that Mike right. Rowe might have been right. referring to. I know what you're it's saying. like, oh, you know, if your hobby is Um, I don't know, like, well, I don't know what his example would be, that it's a job that you would hate.
0: I mean, I think he was just talking a lot of blue collar stuff.
1: Right. Yeah. You don't want to like be building houses during the day and then making bird boxes at night. You're going to hate, you don't want to do that. Right. But I feel like it's, I don't know, it's like any other. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to think about it. In the creative arts, I feel like there's so many different things you can do. So many avenues. Right. Yeah. So, like, when we get tired of doing one thing, we can move on to something and, else. And,
0: yeah. And like you said, like, we, you know, we're like I was saying before is, like, the certain kind of people that, like, you just, you can't do something you're not interested in. Yeah. It's just, that's us. Because you yeah. will you will go insane. We walked into my trap card. Right oh. Here. Yeah. <laughs> is that
2: a callback to the Yu-Gi-Oh! the Yu-Gi-Oh! conversation yeah. yesterday
0: the other day? If only James was here.
2: Um, James, we miss you. So I had like cinematography questions mm-hmm. for the general audience. Yeah. Just tell us what you find yourselves shooting on most. Like you, camera-wise? You, yeah, what do you shoot
1: on? Well, I have to shoot on an icon.
0: But... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I So we shoot on uh, GH5s at work. I usually don't like to shoot on those for like our professional stuff. Um, yeah, because you know the dual game functionality of the GH5S, which you have, is, mm. is much better. But recently, um, just this last thing we shot on uh the music video, uh, we got to use uh Andy's Black Magic. That thing is pocket, designed, pocket cinema camera, yes, 4K. thank you. 4K? <laughs> this is it 4K 6K? yeah, it's
2: this is, it's 4K, 4K, the 4K. 4K
0: one, yeah. Uh, yeah, the pocket cinema camera. But I mean, I'm not even talking about the camera, like it doesn't even matter, the yeah. UI. Mm. The goddamn graphic user interface. Why is nobody doing what they're doing? It was it's just like... Intuitive. Unbelievable. Why have, yeah. why have... I don't know, like, <laughs> going on a I'm, just, I'm well, so yeah. pissed off at, like... Just... Because I, I, I had to pick up the Sony the other day. The Alpha, yeah. We went on a shoot where we borrowed somebody's a, A7 III. Right. And... It's like, it's, it feels antiquated. Yeah. It feels like it's from 10 years ago. But it's and cinema it's cameras like, versus DSLR mirrorless cameras.
2: Like, I see a lot of stuff from guys I follow on Instagram or YouTube and stuff. And I see a lot of people using just massive Alexas or whatever, like, big-ass cinema cameras. So what are your thoughts on, well, am I ever going to use that one day? Does yeah. that intimidate you? What are your thoughts on, <clears throat> like... Oh, I, I can't. I need to have a cinema camera if I'm going to make movies, or I need to have this to do that. But like, you don't.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I think five years ago there was a lot bigger of a gap between the prosumer and consumer market for cameras versus like yeah the high end Hollywood Alexa. The technology is caught up so fast in the prosumer market that it's it's on par with those professional level cameras. Yeah. You know, full frame, twelve bit raw on some of these mirrorless cameras for under $5,000. Whereas mm-hmm. two, three years ago, you couldn't even imagine doing that. And other companies are now like pushing to bump their cameras up to spec. Um, so it's, I think it's changed and it's continuing to change of like yeah. the difference between a prosumer camera and a high end camera. Yeah, It comes down to like the really technical things. Yeah, workflows. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: And I was just having the,
1: the conversation because
0: um, the Reddit post? Of your Reddit post. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So somebody was uh made an inquiry on uh on cinematography Reddit.
1: Yeah or filmmaking or something. Filmmaking Reddit? I think like cinematography.
0: And uh they were talking about, you know, it's their first time doing a music video. They're coming from a uh from a photo background so they have a good idea of, of like still photos, side though. of stuff. Yes. Yeah. So anyway he's talk he's talking like he wants to rent that high quality gear and he
1: wants to get a cook lens. He wants oh like, to God, get, yeah. he wants
0: to rent <laughs> yeah. a thirty thousand dollar lens or twenty thousand dollar
1: because it was the lens used for call me by your name
0: yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. so anyway that's why ryan had a real nice write-up where he talked about you
1: know yes yeah. don't do that <laughs> i basically said like i don't i don't want to bash you here like i want to be constructive yeah, yeah. i think you need to take a step back first like you shouldn't be shooting this at all because you don't have any experience to do it right because he literally said like i don't have any video experience well i mean it's okay to, to i mean it, it, like I, I said a, the, if it was a client thing like like i, I want, said the end dictates the he's gonna the, embarrass himself he doesn't to, even yeah. know what he's doing. Right. And at least from if what the just post... It's fun, go for it. Yeah. But then I also said, like, you don't need a cook lens to execute this kind of thing. <laughs> oh my God. And well, th- You're either rich, uh, experienced, or an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but he said, he asked in his post, he said, um, I really want to get a cook lens because it's what they use for this movie. Does it work with autofocus? And then I was kind of like, oh no, it doesn't <laughs> work with autofocus. I think this is a red flag.
2: <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, well, anyway, it's like, it's like back in the day, back in, in when I played football and stuff, guys who would deck themselves out with all the gear, yeah. all the brand new stuff, they would wear like a ton of like wristbands and all this stuff. They were never, they didn't know what they were doing. They weren't right. good. They weren't good. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's, it falls into like this category of people who, uh, yeah. Like oh they think they he can buy their, if he buys guy. if he buys that stuff
0: he'll become a filmmaker mm-hmm. and he'll know what he's doing. My mm-hmm. point uh, of why I was bringing up this post was because Ryan said all that stuff and then I decided to add to it. And yeah. I was uh, kind of half joking because I wanted Ryan to see my. Yeah, <laughs> and I did. Yeah, but I I wanted coming up with something else that. I talk to a lot of people about about the 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 stuff that ninety nine percent of people aren't going to notice. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, feel free to go to go rent this equipment and use it for for the art side of it. But like we said, if you're if you're doing this for a paid project, it's would probably take a step back, not only because it's a waste of money and probably a waste of your time because it's not going to look great, but it's it's an artistic choice that probably isn't warranted for this project.
1: Right, because you're the only one that's going to notice it. Mm. And yeah. you, and you you cited like one of the five things we learned from marketing class, which was the law of diminishing returns. Oh, oh, that's another thing I was gonna Yeah, yeah because, um, and, and it's true, just
0: spec-wise of, of all this stuff, of like a, a $1,000 lens or, or a $3,000 lens is gonna be leagues better than a $500 lens or right. a $200 kit lens, you know? But once you start talking about going from $3,000 to $10,000,
1: much, much smaller difference. Right, yeah. Right. most cases. Imperceivable, right. To ninety nine percent of people, right? And it just depends on the look you're going for. Some lenses at that level have a certain look, so I understand that. Yeah, but oh, you can I'm, also and, achieve and, and, that. and anamorphic too is still a jump. If of course, it, you yeah.
0: You're gonna have to right. pay for anamorphic, yeah. and that that's something that that can be a stylized look. But that's one of the very few things that that will really give your quality a bump with with changing your okay. your price margin. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's something that's worth thinking about too for people that are thinking about. All this expensive equipment yeah. is like it's got to be the right fit. You know, you got to be yeah. at the right spot in your in your career right. and in your bank
1: account. I think it's just, <laughs> I, and I think it's a, it's just an exciting time for DIY filmmaking. Oh yeah! That in the past, like ten years, where between like online personality, online training, mm-hmm. and ways of getting your content out to the technology, the camera technology, you can pretty much like you know buy like a five thousand dollars kit. And produce like hollywood level films even lenses are making like cinema quality lenses and like exactly sub thousand dollar right it's crazy it's just so accessible now um so there's almost no excuse to just to like say like oh i don't have enough gear to like make my film there's so many different ways to do it and it's just i think it's an exciting time to be in sticking to uh cinematography how do you make
2: shots interesting because
0: all oh, right you were talking what are your, about some it, yeah. of
2: your personal techniques of making shots interesting because and and it can just, I'm not even talking like straight camera moves or framing or composition yeah. you know, all that stuff and lighting what do you guys do to make your stuff interesting because there's a lot of people who maybe uh they they write really well or they have like deep stories they want to tell but yeah. then it it doesn't come through because the work is flat and bland right. yeah, and it doesn't yeah, look yeah. good and like, all right, and I'm, I'm really going to like some, give me some
0: detail technique. Okay, Mike, yeah. I'll give you some detail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm a lighting fanatic, so I'm always going to try and hammer that home. But it is one of the big things because that's one thing that recently I've only gotten used to working with. Right. Because I, I researched a lot of it of like why things work the way they do with like, you know, the inverse square law, which mm-hmm. I finally understand. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. This. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. Like
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and it 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 almost I feel like at this point is I mean, it it might be because there's a lot of stuff I don't know yet. Right. Um, but even just learning the fundamentals of lighting, how much that can improve what yeah. you're doing. <laughs> My other tip, um complementing where your characters are in the story. So um you, using your angles i see way too much stuff that the whole thing is shot on a shoulder rig hmm. you know and yeah. there's no diversity so thinking about y- your shots in terms of when when it would be cool to do a high angle when it would be cool to do a low angle i'm personally a big fan of of always getting that low to the ground slider stuff mm-hmm. because when you put when you put the viewer in that position it's it's not a position that they naturally you know, nobody sees the world yeah, yeah from a snail perspective and you know not only does it look cool the reason it looks cool is because it makes everything look powerful right and that's the thing in photography right when yeah. you, sh- you shoot up at someone it makes them appear more powerful and that's, shoot and that's down. A... It makes them look more feminine it's, it's a uh, the way i thought about it was from a tutorial where someone talked about that from headshots mm-hmm.
1: you yeah. know and those kinds of those kinds of techniques i think are um as old as cinema Photography as old it, as time itself. As, as old as like yeah, as old as time there is. Um there's there's those principles of yeah. like the hero shot and like the Dutch angle. The reason those things exist is because um one, your point of like putting the viewer in spots that are jarring to what you typically see. Right. But also because it's been established through years and years and years of cinema that those types of shots establish these sort of moods and feelings story so people that have watched movies which everybody watches movies or has before um they they now have that same emotional connection to those types of looks what's funny is that cinematic literally means like referring to cinema right
0: um and the only reason wide aspect ratios were were you know were, are invented. considered cinematic now yeah. is because they were invented right and that's exactly. because, because how people were used that, literally things.
1: someone was like what if we had a wider screen to make it seem like the audience saw more Like yeah. it was panoramic and then people were just like oh my god whoa like this yeah, is nuts right. yeah. and at first it was like you know the the cinema well, was it, was the square and then they expanded it as a novelty it yeah like and it's basically like, like a disney if, world if attraction you, if you
0: wanted to make something that looks cinematic in 1924 it'd be yeah. like you should issue the square <laughs> is like, yeah <laughs>
2: Chris, I've noticed personally that you don't use a tripod a lot. Is there something there that you like or
1: don't like? Or Well, a lot of stuff we do doesn't necessarily require it. Yeah. I think it's tripod shots that are not done with intention seem that's, amateur. That's exactly right. what, what it is. You have to be very careful about how you do it. It's almost like a bell curve of like starting... Starting out of filmmaking, you're an amateur. You can use, use a tripod all the time. Your stuff looks like a student <laughs> film. It's basic. And then you sort of get to camera movements and using movement with um, intention. And, and then, then once you want sort of to get over that the stuff of like using a tripod, a tripod shot well. <laughs> with intention, yeah. and you and you realize that it's it's so much better than the amateur side. Yeah. Like it's, well, I th- that's a great way of putting at, um, it. Right? I was, I was going to say about gimbals. So gimbals, you know, became available in the past few years and they they solved a lot of challenges for small budget films and diy filmmakers and it's a great tool but a lot of people use that as the solution to um upping their tripod shots like making those better but if you don't use it right it just looks as just it looks the same as or as bad as a tripod shot when you have a bad gimbal shot of just like jittering along following somebody yeah. Um, cause someone's like, oh, I can just buy this and now I can move with the camera and it's stabilized. But like, you also still have to use that the right way. Well, okay. That brings it to a point of like, how do you be creative on the fly?
2: What are your, kind yeah. of, what are your kind of go-tos, uh, when you're on the fly, like what are your go-tos of what
1: you do? So I think it depends on the, uh, type of, um, content you're shooting. There's, I think it's, I was totally different between like filmmaking and, yeah. uh, event coverage. Even your corporate B-roll for <laughs> corporate going to, even going to yeah. a place and needing to get B roll, but
2: you have no control. I have no control over the lighting. I, mm-hmm. I, I barely have control over like the people are working and doing their jobs. That like, you don't really have. Yeah. A well, lot that's of the freedom thing. To, like, I don't give a shit about
0: the people working. Right? <laughs> yeah. When when I get there, I'm in. You're doing your control. job. Yeah. I, yeah, but that's a, that's a learned thing, right? Yeah, because I mean, I told James this recently. Of like, because we had to go do some stuff at the at the hospital that we work for, mm-hmm. and Elliot told me to just go go ask these people see if you can get in these procedure rooms or whatever and so i'm going all around the hospital asking these people and james yeah. is like dude i could not like just go around and ask those people and i was like i turned around i go
1: you just need to not care at all right. you're doing your job yeah. <laughs> it's so important to just like not act care. like you, you're the you best you probably have more confidence than me doing that because a lot of the stuff i do is more controlled so right. I, well, that's the I don't thing. have to when always you... ask people. I'm usually if it's an event, I'm just kind of like there and I'm like sniping shots. Yeah, you know? it's yeah. like not where I don't have to approach many people, and I feel like I would be in more of a James position where I'm like feeling awkward to be like, "Can you smile for the camera?" It depends on on the shoot. You know, it's it's different if you're
0: if you're supposed to be like doing. Well, yeah, what I'm what I mean is like. Um, don't be an asshole. <laughs> well, right. <laughs> but if you you're got, supposed you, to be if you're there to do a job, you have, to, you have assertive. to do you have to do your job to the best of your ability. Yeah. yeah. And that means um you know, that means doing doing it the right way. It's know? just being assertive. Yeah. And being confident to say like
2: like of what you need and tell people what you need and what
1: you need them to do. Yes. Yeah. And specifically. I I think but I think the more yeah, the more yeah. confident you are, the more people react the way you want them to. Of course, this uh constant thing that always comes up with me is the dog and pony show you ever hear about you ever hear the phrase no i mean i've like, heard the phrase if you're working with you a client by? it's like all right you know for this client we have to build out our rig and have like one of our senior members on staff and look like you know we're more established as just sending yeah. just me with like a mirrorless camera okay and a gimbal yeah because to a lot of people that just the impression they, it's yeah. the impression of like what a professional should look like right which has changed with just it's changed, yeah. Because you can do so much with, yeah. but sometimes we still have to adhere to those like made-up standards. And that, I, I, makes, I had, had makes the issue last from week from a marketing perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, all
2: right, so Chris had to watch a Knight's Tale, yeah, because Knight's Tale is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's one of the most fun, heartfelt movies
0: I've ever seen, and it has—it just has so much heart. <laughs> I just love it. Oh! <laughs> man, he watched. It was it. really good, man yeah um it's okay so remember i was telling you i was like i didn't want to tell you this right away yeah yeah. um but basically i started i was working on an edit the other night and i was i was thinking maybe about hopping on and playing a game of rocket league with the guys real quick yeah to just like step away from the edit real quick but i was like ah let me let me see if i could start this movie mike wanted me to watch um so i started watching it and then Uh, Ten minutes went by. I was like, all right, I'll watch like 20 minutes and then I'll take a break And I was like, all right, I'll watch like 40 minutes and I'll take a break. (laughs) I was like, all right, I finished it (laughs) (laughs) It was really good, man. Yeah, it it really kept kept me engaged Um, One thing I really really freaking liked that got me sucked in immediately Mm. was the the movie starts out with um, uh, We will rock you from Queen. Oh, yeah, and and the, the the time period is like medieval and it's all about jousting oh, okay. so um it starts out they play we were rocking and it's like this big tournament of like people jousting yeah. and slowly i start to realize that this music isn't movie music it's actually no, it's, in the movie in the movie and everyone oh. in the crowd is going and i was like all right come on that's pretty funny and like they have the horn like it was really good. So right away, that got me sucked in. I was like, "This is gonna be like fucking funny yeah, if they're right. doing it this way." It's and fun. everyone was really serious fun, about everyone. it in the crowd. Oh yeah, and, like the <laughs> song doesn't exist, but like they're still doing it. It was so funny. Um. So that was my first thing. Oh, all right. So now my first semi-criticism, <laughs> um, which is actually funny because Ryan, you can weigh in on this as well. Mm. Um. The way flashbacks are done in movies, okay. this movie has two flashbacks. I know you're not a fan of flashbacks. one, the first one, I didn't think was good. Then the Those second are, one yeah. was really well done, really well done. So what happens was, um shit, i didn't i didn't I didn't write down what the first one was, but basically it was very it was over the top. Into, like, into a here's scene. the flashback. It was and it was, like... It goes into a scene. Yeah, yeah. And it goes into a whole scene. And it, it was good for the story. No, I really liked that part of it. I was like, that's ah, it's a flashback. The second time they did the flashback, they did something I did not see coming. And it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Which was, um, they're traveling back to, like, their uh, hometown or whatever. And there's, like, this very thick fog. And basically, the scene transitions. And all of a sudden, you don't quite know it's a flashback yet. Up, Until yeah. you see that he's a kid mm-hmm. because the, the shots are going like through this fog mm-hmm. and it comes through like the fog again. And it's like he's a little kid. And and it really makes sense because they're at the same place they were 10 years ago. Mm. So and it, it like totally got me thinking about like, geez, I didn't even think about that. Like using that as a transition. Right. And I think what I loved about it was there was it really it made you think about it before you before before you were presented, here's the here's the flashback. And I feel like a lot of times the reason I don't like that is because it it takes me out of it a little bit of like, oh, by the way, this happened. Right. You know. Instead, it was a little bit more seamless and a little bit more meaningful. Mm um so that's why i like that so much i really liked um oh i only found out later after the guy that played uh chaucer was the guy that uh did uh what's his name from the avengers he's the vision yeah he's vision he's oh vision, really? Yeah. and uh, wow. i i he, really I, I, he was my favorite in the movie he uh, was Paul yeah. he was really it, yeah. good yeah
1: oh. when's it from What year
0: uh 2001 oh 2001 wow. yeah cool it got it got me too with that the end with the dad when he finally oh yeah it. that was a See that's another that's another thing about this is is you were right with like there's a great comedy there's a great romance angle and then you get there and it's a really like emotional thing because I think what it does is that it it, and it doesn't cheapen it you know where I find like that could have been done pretty cheesily right but it I think the combination of the acting and the writing made it really well
2: well I think the I think they found you you connect with the characters I think through comedy I think the comedy is used in such a way that the banter and the chemistry between the characters makes you fall in love with all of them and so if anything bad ever happens to any of them or one of them goes through some kind of emotional uh, experience that isn't the comedy banter that, that they have it just makes you it just hits you so much harder when he goes back to his dad that he hasn't seen in years and his dad is blind and his dad recognizes his face mm. Uh, and recognize it because of, of what he says to him. Yeah, and realize it was realize a really, really good. Doesn't scene. he? Doesn't know if his if his son died or made it or if he followed his followed his feet.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's like, but it, it hits you. It like it hits you so emotionally, even when his dad is there at the last, yeah, in the last tournament. And and it was good. Yeah, here's yeah. him chanting his son's name. It's like, it's like you don't even like. You don't even meet the dad like until like half. Yeah, the movie's basically over. Yeah, (laughs) but you, but you, but you love William so much, and and the person that he is, and yeah, I don't
0: know. Yep, yeah, it was a good angle. Yeah, I I didn't even expect that of like no because it was so close to the end, you know. Anyway, those were my thoughts. (laughs) Yeah, it was good. Good pick. Chris's final verdict: eight point five. Eight point five out of ten. It's nice. It's really good. Eight point five bags of popcorn. Yeah. Eight point five bags of popcorn. <laughs>
2: yeah. Give it three wet kisses. So, Speed Racer. Yeah. Speed Racer. It's different. <laughs> I remember when it first came out and like totally disregarding that movie. Yeah. 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 But I actually think I actually think that movie is way ahead of its time. Mm.
1: Yes. We'll way
2: look. way ahead <laughs> of its time. And the technique of of. Like, basically, the entire movie is green screen. Yeah. It feels like you're watching a doc... At first, it felt like... This feels a lot like the Dr. Seuss movie. feels like I'm watching a... (laughs) (laughs) But, like... The cat in the hat. The way... But, actually, as it goes on, you're like... You start to... I don't even know what it was. I don't know if I first was like, what the hell is this? (laughs) But, as you're watching, as you're going, like... Oh, it's actually pretty cool. And, like, I can't even think of another... If you try to think of another way of how to make this movie... Mm You can't like it has to be a. it almost has to be this way yeah that that, they or they convinced me through watching the movie this is how it has to be well if you think about it so one of the
0: things that like my dad was super into speed racer and one of the things that he said when he saw the movie was like he would have liked it much better if they did completely realistic portrayal like live action stock car racing version of it and i thought the in my head now i'm like I'm the same way of like, well, gee, I don't think it would have been as good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it would have been as good as all. I mean, all. they would have had to try really hard to make it as powerful as they did. Um, for, I'm, for all the campiness that you can say
2: in the, in the, the, the way they, the way the transitions were, the way all the, every single, like all the green screen wipes mm-hmm. and all everything that was, for all that stuff, if you call it campy or not, the, uh, the acting was actually really good. Mm-hmm. And the dialogue was good. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of really good things happening. And then, the camera moves of the dri- like all the race car scenes were exhilarating and exciting. For being as low quality and low CGI budget and uh, yeah. uh, looking as like, the cartoon- as, yeah, as cartoony ridiculous look ridiculously yeah, cartoony. But- However, felt it took me back the nostalgia of like games like Extreme G mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Star Wars pod racing. Mm-hmm. It took me back to like old man. games I used to play. And it and it was exhilarating. It was it was it was exciting and like
0: this looks terrible.
2: Like don't I know this? <laughs> like, don't why?
0: I know this looks terrible? One thing about this movie that I think turns a lot of people off is like is like that campiness. But what's different about it is it's very intentional. <laughs> so yeah. That's what all of the villains so doing the stereotypical like villain grin stuff and like the screams are like spot on of like what it should be. Yeah. <laughs> the guy, the actor who played a, a yeah,
2: the, the, Royalton. Yeah, Royalton. Oh my god. Perfect, like bad guy. Perfect bad guy. He was his like, voice is amazing. His his delivery of his lines was Yeah, he's one of my amazing. favorite characters. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. amazing. Um, the, the whole ending climax of the final race and the whole ending before he crossed the finish line was was very was very well done. All the racing scenes are edited extremely fast, uh, but this w- particularly was uh, you had you'd go from him in the car, then you'd go to some kind of like you're hearing the callback, then you maybe see the callback, and that would be interrupted by a scream of the crowd. Right, you'd see you'd hear like a real time someone screaming and then it'd be back to something else and then it kept like doing this like fucking dance yeah. around you yeah, yeah. as you're watching it you're just you're just getting hit right. with fucking everything before you cross the finish line and and, and then it goes to like that crazy weird ass psychedelic tunnel thing yeah was the original
0: I cartoon like that I don't know I don't, in, I don't... in a yeah so I can answer that <laughs> yeah 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 in a very uh, basic way from from the story yes from the from the action, I would say yes, too. Not from an editing perspective. Though. Right. It was tight. But from a, from, a, from, a, from an action perspective, yes, all that crazy stuff would happen. Like people had like these crazy saw blades on their car and like yeah. all these weird modifications that were like advanced racing, you know? So like that element, they just they just pushed with right. like with the, the, CG, the, the CG and the editing and stuff. So from a from a story perspective, yeah, they they just took it and ran, but still stayed true to that initial mm-hmm. like these these are the parameters of the yeah, story. Yeah. You know? I
1: don't know. You know. It reminds me of I mean I still haven't seen it by no, I've seen the visuals some some trailer and stuff like that. And I kind of vaguely know what it looks like. Um I just saw Alita Battle Angel. Oh yeah, well I watched it with you. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, and they have I was there. <laughs> and they have a racing remember. scene. They have an absurdly CG racing <laughs> scene too, mm. but it was still very realistic. I'm talking about the NC the where they're all in roller skates and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Killer. Like, it wasn't, like, as cartoony as a Speed Racer, for right. instance. Right. It's, like, it still, like, could exist. But
2: how was it? How was it? Sh- I, for some reason, with the way Speed Racer was and the way the racing stuff was was shot was, to me, felt super... It felt super style. The way they were shot, it was, it was super stylized, okay, yeah. super
1: unique. Like, I don't know... This was, was less stylized, like, I yeah. think, yeah. This yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was traditional. Straight cinematic, yeah. it was traditional cinematography. Sh- None right. of these racing scenes were traditional. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also, like, when you look at other adaptations of cartoons, mm-hmm. when they're, you know, mm. they can be more traditional, they can be more cinematic. Yeah. Um, so what, you sort the of... The other direction. Right, exactly. And, like, and you sort of have this Emphasize notion. the things that were good about it from that perspective. Yeah, you have this preconceived notion of, like, oh, okay many other adaptations have gone this route this one is probably gonna be similar and then it breaks those rules mm. so that to most people like that could be like oh this is so cool it's so different to some people it could be like oh i'm not i wasn't expecting that and i don't like it yeah
2: i wasn't expecting it but i was drawn in by it. yeah it drew me in and probably because it felt nostalgic yes yeah to me from from video games it, it felt like it was pulling it felt like i was watching
1: like the, the, the games, I used, almost, yeah. like scene, the games yeah, I used to yeah. play it's an interesting way to look at it. You know, you can't please everybody obviously, but yeah, yeah. Sometimes those rules are good to break.
0: Oh, so so do you, did you? Do you have a final rating? Oh, final rating. I don't know why I, I always do that. Uh, I, I think Ryan and I both <laughs> always do that when we watch movies. Like final. Ra- Remember when you saw Finding Dory? <laughs> That's what we we, we we watch that. Finding Dory. And before, <laughs> usually, so usually we watch all the credits. Yeah, and fun. we go out in the hall and we discuss. Yeah, so we do. This yeah, this yeah. time, the credits the roll. roll, and before they even start rolling, the screen is still black. Ryan looks over. He goes three out of ten. <laughs> uh, I said six. I said six. Oh, he said six. Six out of ten. All right. So I'm sorry. Yeah. I feel like he was lower. All right. Anyway. I would say for me,
2: it's an eight out of ten. Finding Dory?
0: Oh no. god, no. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you he's weirdly criticizing that movie. You really hate that he movie. Don't jump on anybody that gives that yeah. an eight out of ten.
1: It was hundred percent a sequel. I, I feel like for the general
0: <laughs> <laughs> even now under his. All right, go ahead.
1: I feel like
2: for the general audience, I would say maybe seven out of ten. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, maybe yeah, around seven out of six point five out of ten, seven out of ten, just because it's not for. I don't think it'd be for everybody.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day, it was like it was like campy in the right way for me. Right. Of like, because it was just so like classic of yeah. like stuff that would happen. But anyway, what do you, that's good What is your you rating to, of it? Uh, I'm probably I'm probably like a nine.
1: Yeah, yeah. What if you watched it for the first time yesterday? Still the same. What?
0: How could I have?
1: How could I imagine that? <laughs> I don't know. Like if you didn't have any, like I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't think
1: I can answer that.
0: Yeah, right. You are like for me, nights tales, tales, ten out of ten. Yeah, oh, yeah. I to see somebody, somebody cr- criticized me about that. I'm like you never say anything's a ten out of ten. I was like, well, that's really tough, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gee, gee, but like, see, you know, would I give Empire Strikes Back at a ten out of ten? Yeah, but it's. If it if it wasn't this, if I wasn't nostalgic for it, it'd be a
1: nine out of ten. <laughs> yeah. Blade Runner you know? The new one? Blade, oh God. You really liked it. The new one, I'd say nine I out like of 10 I feel like it's still at a nine out of ten. Although well. a lot of people didn't like it. Not yeah.
0: Comes comes close to get perfect. Yeah. Nineteen seventeen.
1: That, nice. one, that, that one was 10 10. God, honestly, that's pretty
0: damn close, yeah.
1: Yeah. Even, I, there wasn't a lot that I had to... Dis- there's like bad nothing to, to criticize. Say, mm-hmm. Besides like me coming in with a filmmaking perspective and like the camera movement. Like I want to see it again without like caring about that. Yeah. And see if I still... Yeah, because you're paying attention
0: to like the little stuff.
1: So, awesome.
0: All right, we got to give... We get. A, you got to tell us what movies to watch. No. <laughs> <laughs> give Man. us an assignment. Unless, I don't know, do you... Do you want to do it again, or do you have any? Yeah, we can do that again. Any other wrecks? What what do you think, Mike? Well, because we watch, because we make action stuff,
2: I want you to watch a movie that influenced me very early on, even before, because I've talked about The Raid before with you. Okay. So even before that, I want you to watch
0: Ong Bak with Tony Jaa. All right, here we go. I'm excited. Yep. You're gonna have to write that down for me. Ong Bak. It's like O N G Python B A K. Um, so wait, should I say wh-
2: should I say why I want you to watch Ungbok yeah, maybe really? a little bit so Ungbok the way I found I found it in Blockbuster completely randomly because I had a free oh. rental yeah. and I saw the cover of it I was like oh that could be neat martial arts I like martial arts movies this is a long time ago but this movie blew me away the reason I want you to watch it is because it's one of the first movies that kind of really influenced me to start wanting to do martial arts again Mm. and then wanting to do it on film yeah and it was an early influencer when i started doing action stuff on film i would i would reference a lot to unbuck because what unbuck did was they did a lot of things with long takes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the physicality of the choreography choreographed by
0: tony jaw is brutal so brutal um all right yeah I'll, i'll be paying attention to that um for sure sounds cool I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> i might have to give you mine at a at a later date <laughs> i don't have anything queued up on the on the show oh maybe i do all right i'll say, i'll say this one for now mm-hmm. um because it, it's been another long time favorite of favorite of mine um i saw it back in college i'm not sure if i ever saw it with you right you remember watching a movie called one week yeah, I remember you talking about. It. Yeah, it's kind of it's, it's the opposite of, of Speed Racer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's about a, uh, a guy that uh, gets diagnosed with cancer and like doesn't know how to handle it, and he go, winds up going on a on a cross country journey um, that just has a lot of really good character development moments in it. Mm-hmm. That's why I really like it. I think that the actor's brilliant. Um, all right, that'll, that'll that'll be my pick I, unless I think yeah. of something better.
1: <laughs> if there's, uh, I'm, I'm I'm I was going through like the list of movies in my head that I'm like, oh, these are captivating, or I could share. Um, One of them I watched freshman year. It's been a while since I watched it, but I remember liking it was uh, 500 Days of Summer. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like the movie, yeah. Yeah. I never saw it, no. Yeah, and uh, I just thought it was like a pretty well-done love story. It was like kind of heartbreaking because... It's like a... I mean, I don't know if I want to spoil it or not, but... It's a, it's a yeah. good movie of like
2: expectations versus reality yeah yeah
1: mm. and it felt really real and yeah. I was like damn it was one of those like damn like that could be me or right you know yeah a lot of it is very real yeah so I recommend very that. relatable relatable yeah I dig it
2: yeah. have you guys seen my favorite romantic comedy of all time what is it Crazy Stupid Love no I don't know I haven't <gasps> oh should we watch that okay, one? maybe you shouldn't watch Unk Bak yet <laughs> because really, <laughs> watch that one first Crazy Stupid Love yeah. is with Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling and Emma okay. Stone my all time it's like the only romantic comedy I'll watch like over and over, really? over again I gotta do it I quote I quote a lot things from that movie yeah I love that movie alright you need to see that movie
0: alright well uh, that sounds
1: good Good job, boys. There you go. I think All right, that's about this it. this wraps up this episode. Thanks for having me, guys. Did I say you could do the outro, Ryan? I mean, oh. I'm sort of taking on He's kicking, <laughs> He's kicking himself <laughs> out. Yeah. As co-creator. Yes. Yeah, a, a co-creator of Helium co-creator, Turtle. That's a creator called, and right. collaborator. Yeah, collaborator. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I created the logo. Well, there's some debate about that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a group effort, Ryan. It's controversial. Yeah. For more content, check out Helium Turtle Studios on YouTube, where we post our short films, video tutorials, and behind the scenes.